In a world full of podcasts, your hosts, Chris and Jordan, are on the search for a truly original podcast idea. A quest to find an auditory experience that will amaze your ears and your minds. A journey to go through every single ridiculous podcast idea we have to find the one that truly stands above them all. The one that can become its own show and eventually replace this stupid one. Thank you, audience, for joining us on Chris and Jordan Need a Podcast. And I'm Jordan. <laughs> Hello, friends. Welcome back. We're back back. We had our we had our comeback and we're coming back after the comeback. We're the way, way back. The way, way back. And uh, you might notice something. Um, I don't sound like I'm speaking through a vacuum cleaner into an elevator shaft this time. Yeah, from across the other end of the subway. Yeah, and that's because <laughs> it turns out when we were recording last week, I was a super genius. And instead of setting my 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 recording device on Audacity to my nice microphone that I paid... A not insubstantial amount $6, of money for. for. <laughs> yes, I I accidentally left it on my webcam's microphone, so that's why it sounded like poo. But guess what? I don't think it was that bad. You're you're being so hard on yourself. I know. I am. Fa- I am famously critical on the show of everything. So I, I maybe this is my character for the season. I learned to lighten up. Yeah, and I become a nice guy. <laughs> yeah. Well. As we know on this show, we always have to have a season arc. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the, the, the ants were uh, a questionable direction to take the show, but now this is more this is more personal drama in this season. Yeah. It's more it's more intimate, if you will. And we're we're also trying to be a lot more transparent this season. I feel like this is the second week in a row we've talked about our <laughs> control on the show. <laughs> it's the theme for the season. Uh, yeah. And speaking so, of this season pitches oh that wasn't one of your best i i was really proud of myself for letting you get through that one (laughs) i didn't interrupt (laughs) it and then i was like oh man this is happening this is really happening and then that was maybe your worst one not to be not to not now i'm the critical one yeah this maybe maybe we have reverse character arcs we kind of we kind of go in the opposite directions that can be an interesting direction yeah speaking of directions to take our sound uh music oh okay that yeah, was that was a better, better. one, that except was... you did kind of spoil my pitch a little bit. Well, I I did and I didn't because we have we have two, excuse me, three. We, we this is a very No, 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 no more no, you don't need to talk. well we we got four pitches today and that's all you need to know. There was a recurring theme through our pitches and I was just going to say it, but Jordan is very adamant about the 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 pattern in which we reveal things it, it only comes when yes. we get to the pitch so, uh the element of surprise should not be lost on a pitch for the record i was talking about my own pitch <laughs> oh right you're going first yeah. today oh man what a we're mess. professionals everyone what a mess <laughs> now now that's what i call podcast is the name of my pitch it's a musical themed podcast and that's why i was making the joke i was the, the transition, yeah. whatever. Oh man, don't I look like a jerk? Anyway, the title I think gives a pretty solid hint of what this pitch is, um, and that is we would be discussing the now that's what I call music series in its entirety in release order. For, for those of you who don't know, there's quite a few now that's I what I call music. We're like releases. what on eighty something now. I mean, what number are we on now? Um, I know we hit sixty nine last year. But, you know, this could be a great one because we also happen to know somebody who worked on uh, 
one of the now. That's what we call musics. We do? Yeah. We know someone who sang for Kids Bop. I don't know if we... Oh, you know what? You're right. It was are Kids Bop. They, are they now connected? doesn't do that stuff. They have the now same, doesn't do that stuff. They have the same kind of font and general presentation and marketing scheme or... or yeah. <laughs> You're right, though. It was it was Kids Bop. It was not now. Well, I just... They I, might be related. It, no, that's what I call music. Just to give a little background. I just... I, out of curiosity, I was I was reading about it. And uh, wondering about the history of now, that's what I call music. It's like, man, it's kind of it's kind of been always there for 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 people our age. It's it's hard to imagine yeah. a time when those weren't coming out. And it's like they're still coming out. Uh, and How often do they come out? I feel like there should be more than. By the way, they're seventy three. I feel like okay. there should be more than that. Well, here's the thing. I found out that, that now that's what I call music started in. Uh, it started in the UK. It was not originally an American thing. And the first release was in November 1983. So oh. we are a couple of years. We're coming up on the 40th anniversary. Now that's what I call music. Oh, wow. So that's I guess it's exciting. It's almost like two a year. But the thing is, I didn't quite realize this. I mean, I had seen ads for them, but they are out there. They're like, you know, holiday themed. Now that's what I, like, now that's what I yeah, call yeah. Christmas. And well, I, I was just Christmas looking albums. at the Wikipedia page and they have, now that's what I call country. Like they have a genre, genre ones. Yeah. They have a ton of There's a stuff. dance series. There's so many. They, and they have a the, prolific output. I think the UK albums have their own numbering system because I think it's it says on the um in the UK and Ireland they are up to number 104 as of November 2019. I mean, they have to be based off of like their regional you know charts, you know. Yeah, so what I'm saying is they they're they're ahead and I'd imagine and not, it's not all the same. Like the the first American yeah. release was in 1998. So it was it what was, was going for 15 years we, before it came here. Getting our hands on some original pressings did they i guess that means so now was originally now that's what i call music i should say was originally like on like pressed on records yeah and like that's pretty crazy i can't imagine buying a now that's what i call music record but i guess at that point it's no different than like any other type of compilation record or something well if you think about it it, it probably made a little bit more sense back then because if you were let's say a, a normie and you really just wanted the kind of the the chart topping hits all together right. and you weren't really in the market to buy a bunch of singles yeah it's like well here's here's an album of the songs i know on the radio that you're I essentially like. just buying a top 40 playlist yeah so it's like you know you don't have you don't have to get you know that you're, you're not like oh i want to get this whole talking heads album i just want to have a psycho killer or whatever i don't even know if that was on one of the albums yeah yeah but that's i mean by the time 1983 rolls around we're not doing like art rock new wave we're probably like in 80s dance well i i'm, I'm looking at the wikipedia some page hair metal or something i'm looking at the wikipedia page for that's what i call music now to be fair 1983 hair metal hadn't really like because like judas priest had kind of just gotten huge with screaming for vengeance <laughs> and that was like kind of laid the groundwork for hair metal. So 1983, a lot of this stuff on here is new wave. Um, it says oh, interesting. the genres that Wikipedia gives to now, that's what I call music volume one, you know, in 1983, they call it pop rock and new wave. And it's, it's a fascinating combination of songs. Give us some names. Well, Give us some titles. So we have Phil Collins on here with the very Ooh. first track. And they, it's you can't hurry love. Oh, nice. Next up, we have Duran Duran with "Is There yeah. Something I Should Know." 
Red Red Wine by UB40, <laughs> Only for Love by Limal, Limal, L-I-M-A-H-L. No, no, no. Um, we have Temptation by Heaven 17, Give It Up by KC and the Sunshine Band, <laughs> Nice. Double Dutch by Malcolm McLaren, <laughs> Total Eclipse of the Heart by Bonnie Tyler, Nice, nice. Um, Karma Chameleon by Culture Club, The Safety Dance, Man Without Hats, There You Go, Too Shy, Kajagugu. Uh, <laughs> Man, this is front to back. They have Moonlight <laughs> Shadow by Mike Oldfield. Oh my gosh. Down Under by Men at Work. Um, the the Rocksteady Crew by the Rocksteady Crew. Uh, Baby Jane by Rod Stewart. And Where I Lay All My right. Hat by Paul <laughs> Young. And that's just that's just record one. There's two records. Yeah. Yeah. Candy Girl is in is the first one. <laughs> nice. I feel like I've got we've got we've talked about enough of these, but like how how much of a capsule is that of the era? Yeah. That's an insane collection of songs. Yeah. I feel like we didn't talk much about this pitch. Yeah, I don't know what the format of the show is anything <laughs> like, but we've we're we've that was a long-winded one so far. But we were talking about I mean, how we that's got, what I call music. We got 40 seconds to nail out the format. <laughs> okay. So, each episode we talk about a different album and we talk about uh the mu- we, we we're going to listen to the whole album. We're going to talk about, you know, what songs were good, which ones which ones held up, which ones didn't. Um which Maybe songs? we can rearrange the the tracks yes. to be more consistent. What songs were left off that we think we might have made more Ooh, sense yeah. for the era? Yeah. And we say like how the choices of songs, as best as we can figure out, represent the era. Yeah, great. So that that's it. That's the pitch. <laughs> Good pitch. <laughs> Man, I can tell you really love this pitch, Jordan. I like that pitch a lot. Oh, I actually think that oh. might be one of our best, uh, our most likely to become our eventual <laughs> podcast. Yeah, the, someday. <laughs> <laughs> okay. But anyway, that's that's the idea. I thought it was okay. I thought this was a great pitch. I think it would be a great show. I think that we maybe the, that maybe the key to a good pitch is that <laughs> we focus we just, on we pitching it. Do the if show. we only have like a minute to pitch it and we have to focus on getting it out there. A minute to maybe, pitch it. Maybe, yeah. Ooh. I'm going to write that down because that's that, a pitch. Yeah, idea. get that down. <laughs> Next week on Chris a, and Jordan's podcast. It, a minute to pitch it would just be this show, but we we do like ten pitches an episode, but shorter. Yeah, and it's, yeah, yeah, one okay. minute to get the pitches yeah. out. It would be us digging our own graves. Yeah. <laughs> All right. It, it was inevitable. Let's we move get, on. We get another oh, wait, pitch. Wait, wait. Oh yes, and that one happens to be mine. If yeah. you don't know the <laughs> usual uh, <laughs> the usual format of this, my pitch is called Polita Jams. Hey, in this podcast. It's also musical. We'll uh, go through politicians that have been on record talking about their their favorite music. And this is, uh, you know, kind of like Paul Ryan liking Rage Against the Machine or Chris Christie liking Bruce Springsteen <laughs> or Nancy Pelosi and Al Franken being deadheads. Uh, there's a lot of politicians who talk about, you know, whatever. And I also feel like they're almost always out of character. Because I feel like, I mean, with Paul Ryan, like I mean, Paul Chris Ryan Christie. liking Rage Against the Machine is bizarre, <laughs> but like that's crazy. Didn't Tom Morello like directly respond? Yes. Like he said something like, "He was like, our music is not for you. Yeah, yeah, are exactly the opposite of what we stand for." Yeah, <laughs> uh, but I think like I mean, Christie makes sense. He's a Jersey guy. You I mean, know, yeah, Jersey. even if like you know, but, politically, uh, Springsteen's of course. I mean, been... Nancy Pelosi, Speaker of the House. Deadhead doesn't really add up to me. I can see. I think there's a point to which 
being a politician is kind of makes it kind of makes you seem not like a human inherently because it's like yeah. i don't know so the idea of them having like a human interesty side of them let alone their favorite bands or music is just pretty funny so would you say the idea is kind of like to discuss like why they might like the span right, i forgot like, this, we're, we're... this is a pitch and not just me talking about <laughs> this <laughs> so i think you've made i think uh yeah, what I would want to do on this show is each episode we'll talk about a politician and their favorite music. Okay. And we'll try to like ma- like we'll deep dive into why what they what we think they would like about that music, you know? Yeah. Like we would act and not like be, you know, skeptical of it. Like we would really try. Like we'd be like, like try to be Paul- I mean, Paul Ryan probably like when he was younger was just an idealistic libertarian type and was just like, yeah, we hate systems. We yeah. want, you know, he was pretty like an anar- I maybe he was an anarchistic libertarian, you know. Yeah. And then once he got involved in government, he realized there's no way to not have government cuz what yeah but uh but he still thought like the morello riffs went hard or something yeah exactly so he's like yeah i like rage against the machine yeah i had no idea that like you know killing in the name was about killing cops yeah well the thing is it might be like idealistically like he might relate to a lot of it idealistically but in terms of like actually being a politician it's like yeah uh, it makes no sense once you start towing that party line and you have to get you know what i think about often is uh how apparently president trump is a big elton john fan that makes sense well how do do you think it makes sense because there are ways i can think of it making sense but i want to know what your what your thought is because he's an excessive person and everything about the elton john style is is excess and style and flashing you know sparkles and shiny and you know what i mean it's very uh uh what's the word very kind of tacky but but in different ways where i think elton john's aesthetic isn't like x it's not like he's just a tasteless person it's part of an aesthetic yeah you could you could say campy i guess is the the right that's probably obvious yeah that's definitely it I feel like everything about Donald Trump's ethos is he's looked at very well-liked pieces of pop culture and just gotten the wrong lesson out of it. Like, I think a lot of the Trump ethos is he watched Breakfast at Tiffany's one day and thought that Audrey Hepburn was right, you know? Like, uh, yeah. He, you know, the, and Mickey just Rooney completely was pulled, the, yeah, exactly, just pulled the entirely wrong lesson out of that movie. I mean, yeah. everybody who watched that movie when it came out thought Mickey Rooney was funny. But, but worryingly, you know. Yeah, but, well, def- of course, of course. Passage of but, time and it. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> so I, I could definitely see it. I think that he is like kind of a sociopath in that he, he sure. I don't know, he just picks up pieces of the of culture. And I don't know if he really believes in any of it. He's just kind of, of a cynical being, you know. I think I think you're onto something. I think a, with a lot of what you're saying is very. I think that makes sense. And to me, that's what the show could be like is thinking about like, based on what we know about this politician, how does this fit into their ethos? Even if it doesn't necessarily make sense, like we, we could, I think there's a lot to be said about how a lot, cause there's, I feel like there's a lot of old conservative guys who like Bruce Springsteen 
and it, well, who like respects his music, but are like, oh, he doesn't know what he's talking about. Or like, I mean, born like in the USA politics. is the classic musical yeah. political conundrum. <laughs> well, it's like the whole Ronald Reagan thing. Where yeah. like he thought it was a very patriotic song. Well, did you see the people that were protesting the quarantine were singing born in the USA? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't see that. No, no, it's pretty funny. That's pretty good, though. <laughs> oh. Yeah, I'm, I'm, this one's getting me thinking. Yeah, so I feel like there's a lot of good talks we could have here because I think it's a great way to pick apart, like, the actual, like, idealism of a politician and relative to where they actually came out, you know? And then on yeah. the flip side, you get somebody like Bernie Sanders who seems to not really have much taste in music, but, like, musicians love hip. Because, yeah, like, like, I definitely, I mean, there was that meme of, like, him introducing bands, and it was like, ladies and gentlemen, soccer mommy, or, like, whatever. I can't do an impression. <laughs> so, like, I feel like that's the flip end of it, where it's kind of, yeah, like, like, we know the relationship with, of like, each other. With, like, Killer Mike, but is he a Run the Jewels fan? Right, exactly. I, I There's know. no way he's listened to a single Run the Jewels song. <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't know about that. I'm sure he has to have, right? Didn't he, didn't he make, like a like, a folk protest album in the 80s or something? He did. So he's definitely listened to some... Uh, I mean, that makes sense. He's definitely listened to some folk music. Well, yeah. But look at him. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, I think that's a good uh, time. This is a good time for us to take a break. Yeah. And to hear from our sponsor. Yes. Please okay. take us away. <laughs> <Sponsor. Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Jordan, how you doing? I'm fine. I just can't get this can to open. Uh Made out of aluminum, huh? Yeah, the worst. Well, Jordan, since you are a member of a globe-ruling conspiracy, I have good news for you. There's a brand new material made by the Illuminati for Illuminati. Introducing Illuminati Cans. Ugh, that sounds so useful. Exactly what I signed up for when I joined the global elite. The Illuminati has all of the upsides of regular aluminum, but with the enlightenment you would come to expect with something made by our elite hands. Man, Walt Disney's frozen head's gonna love this. I can't wait to tell Kevin from Shark Tank about it. If Illuminati sounds right for you, go to Illuminati.com slash Chris and Jordanita podcast for 20% off. Aluminum is shoddy. Use Illuminati. All right, welcome back. That might, you know... I said last week I was going to try to not take too big a stance on any of our sponsors out of reluctance, but I got to say, hell of an ad. Yeah, very emotionally resonant and powerful. Definitely. Um, I've got to be honest, I, I feel like if I was using one of their products in public, it, I'd be a little bit judged, but I can't deny I, I like their message and what they stand for. Right. I definitely think, especially now, very relevant. Yes. Uh you know, it's been really hard for people to make tasteful, relevant ads these days. I watch TV and I'm like, oh my God. People are like, oh, the quarantine is hard. But luckily, you're, I don't know, you know what I mean. But yeah, this was I'm, very tasteful. So good very. job, ad. Speaking of tasteful relevance, um, I have another pitch. Ooh. Yeah. And this one is not not really musical. Uh, I did more, think more of a way it could be musical, though. Well, we'll get to that. Your, your pitch for my pitch, but first let me <laughs> let me pitch the pitch. And um, so my pitch is, is basically um, I was thinking about I was thinking about languages as, as I do as a very intellectual person. Ooh. And um, I was thinking about how we have there are words in other languages that don't really translate directly 
to English because they're they're basically concepts that we don't have single words for like like schadenfreude in in, in German. You know, we don't we don't yeah. you, there's not a single English word that that yeah. tran- that stands in for that. You have to explain the concepts of schadenfreude. So, it just got me thinking about how, you know, we really could use some new words in the in the English language that explain concepts that are pretty universal and 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 important and yet it's it's not easy to quickly say what they are or or to talk about them. So my my pitch is called words words words, you know. So we're bringing Shakespeare back into the show, and um, the idea is each episode. Maybe it wouldn't be one word each episode, but we would tr- we would think we would have a concept for like let's say um, what's an example? Because Schadenfreude is like oh enjoying the. I mean, there's definitely a lot of Yiddish words like schlep or. Uh, you what does that mean? Schlep like, like means to like, like carry, yeah, like carry yeah, something, okay. but like kind of uh, sheepishly, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> well, maybe not sheepishly, but I, I, th- I think of it as kind of like, you know, it's like drudge, drudgely. Yes, if that makes yeah, any sense. yeah, that's a good word like for schlepping. it. Schlepping. Yeah. I will say, you know what? You, you, I think you might have just canceled out my idea because it's occurring to me that a lot of the things I was thinking about are already like Yiddish words. Like, yeah, but that still counts. I mean, it's ger- I feel like Germanic languages all have these words that we don't because yeah. we kind of pull from is such a good word yeah well the thing about i mean the germanic languages i mean obviously like english is pulled from so many different language sources yeah three languages but, in a trench coat pretending yeah. to be an adult language <laughs> but the german languages are all or the germanic or northern european all those are so kind of onomatopoeic or, you know what I mean? What do you like? How, how, you're such a schmuck. Feels like uh, <laughs> it feels like not a word. I mean, we use it so colloquially that it almost isn't a word. Like it, there is no definition for it because it just means what it means. Well, yeah. Well, if you're anywhere near New York, like a lot of these like Yiddish words specifically, yeah. like are gonna be kind of in your vocabulary. Like when you said, "What does schlep even mean?" Does it mean schlep? Yeah, or, like I mean schlep. Like I, I don't, I don't know what it means, but I know, I know if I were to say schlep, someone said schlep, I'd be like, yeah, schlep. There's so much, uh, the, the words are so visceral, you know, is what I'm trying to say. So it's like, they're just fun. And so they fit really well into situations better than English words do, because I mean, like I carried something that was heavy and I was sweaty is a long winded way to say I slept that thing. Yeah. Yeah. I slept (laughs) one word and you're covered. Yeah. So like, I don't know, maybe something like, um, for example, you, you were uh, trying to print something out and because printers are printers, this printer wouldn't work and the printer jammed, but then it turned out like you didn't have the right document type or it ran out, it, it ran out of ink. So what if we like just had a word for when like, Oh, the printer like spoinged. <laughs> I, 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 like, like, so, so like maybe you're at a meeting and it's like, you're rushing in. It's like, Oh God, I'm so sorry. Like I got a second. It's like, well, it's like, it's like Jordan, what, 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 what the hell happened? And you're like uh, the printer. It just, it just spoinged. And, and, and they'd be like, we get it. Okay. <laughs> like a, a printer swag is nothing, is nothing to, is nothing to schlock about. So Definitely. they would, they'd take it seriously. So that's just like one example, you know? Yeah, that's great. So would part of it be kind of like trying to find sounds that match the mood for what happened? Like, yes. what was the word you said? Sploinged? Sploinged. 
That that has the like frustration in it, you know. When a printer has some kind of failing, it, it, that's it, that's it, that's a splawing. It splawings. But like maybe like what's the word for when like a rainbow forms? It's like that's such a specific thing that no one ever talks about. But that could be like uh, it emboges. Oh, <laughs> oh that's got, what that's very emo- bad. I should that have said emojis? that. And em- emboliges. Emboliges. I mean, that sounds Bo- like what it would emboliges. be. And that sounds like the type of thing where people are like, do you want to know what the word for what a rainbow for? I bet that word already oh exists. Oh my God, it's emboliging. I bet that word already exists, though. It probably does. Yeah. But like, I mean, but we're already getting started and these words are probably going to sound Yiddish anyway. Yeah. But I think the goal is less to, I, I, I don't want to like, I don't want it to be super linguistic where it's like we study languages and like, oh, what would, what word would make sense? It's just what would sound right. Right. Like printer, like it's like, it's a, like, I can picture New Yorkers going like, oh God, the printer's spoiled again. <laughs> you know, Jew, Jew, yeah. Jews and, and Gentiles alike. Yes, definitely. <laughs> It'll mix very well into culture. Yeah. So, you know, stuff like that. I think this actually went better for a for a third slot than I expected. I feel like we always end up saying that. We're always like... We, we oh, say it a that, lot, yeah. That was destined to be a train wreck, and it wasn't. <laughs> it's because we set the bar so low for them. That's why they turned yeah, out okay. We had a string where the third slot was very, like, very dire. Yeah. And I think we've kind of just been topping those expectations ever since. So it's it's kind of... I don't know. The, the third slot might be getting redeemed. It could have a redemption arc this season. Yeah. But we got, we got, we got one more pitch, don't we? <laughs> We were talking uh, during the break about when in the part of the break where we weren't listening to that ad, we were talking about how rough we are at transitioning nowadays. (laughs) I feel like we only got worse when the podcast started. (laughs) We've grown in bad ways. Yeah. Anyway, my downward. My pitch is my final pitch of the episode, and the collective final pitch of the episode (laughs) is called ripoff. And in this podcast, we would listen to songs that rip off less or like more niche styles or, you know, other artists, whatnot. And we would evaluate the quality of them and then maybe like trace how the like trace the lineage and see how it happened. Like the, the song that inspired this idea is called. Uh, I think it's called like seeking planetary celestial beings communication in space. Proggy. No, yeah, it is Proggy. That's not the name of the song. <laughs> I butchered that. I mean, maybe one of those words. I think interplanetary is the one word that might be in the name of the song. But it was uh, a song that we found that the Carpenters covered. And the original huh. song was by a band called Claytu or something like that from Canada. How is it spelled? I think it's spelled K-L-A-T-U. Is it Klaatu? Klaatu. Klaatu. Because, because I'm, I'm imagining it's named after um, the, the alien from The Day the Earth Stood Still, and his name is Klaatu. That, that would add up. Yeah. And they were kind of like, I mean, I listened to only their version of the song, but they felt hmm. very much to me like a pop rip off of what rush was doing where it's that sci-fi type of stuff and uh the carpenter that wasn't karen carpenter the dude carpenter uh said (laughs) john carpenter yeah 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 (laughs) uh he was like 
we had to cover that song. I mean, the lyrics were so amazing, but the s- lyrics are one line that's just repeated the whole time. <laughs> what are the lyrics? It's like, seeking all occupants of interplanetary craft. I think that's, <laughs> I think that's it. Uh, and it's like, there is an amazing little skit in the beginning, though, where it's like a radio DJ taking a caller, and he's like, you're listening to the radio, whatever. We've got a caller, and who is this? And then he goes, we are... Uh, occupants of interplanetary spacecraft and we want to communicate <laughs> and it does play off very funny and he gives me like I'm sorry baby I can't hear you very well and at the end they're like we want to communicate with you baby <laughs> so it is funny like there is a, a good sense of humor about it but it is definitely a, a rip off of that sci-fi prog stuff and like, there's the transitions and everything. Like, it all happens. So and, this, is, this sounds I a mean, bit like like twenty one twelve or something. Yeah, except like stripped down, and it's all in you know four four, and there's hooks, and you know. <laughs> so <laughs> is the idea to like see like look at these ripoffs and say, are we evaluating like, oh, was this was how clearly was this a ripoff? Was it a coincidence? Is this good? I mean, some ripoffs are good, you know. Yeah, I mean, I would say like, like I mean, everybody always talks about how like everybody ripped off like Muse and Coldplay ripped off Radiohead, which yeah. I would argue I would argue some of that, but I would also say like some of those early Muse and uh, Coldplay albums are pretty good. So yeah. if they were ripping it off, then I'm glad they did it. <laughs> so uh, I don't think that like being a ripoff is necessarily a terrible thing, but it is interesting how that happens. I think the. The claw to Carpenter's ripoff is very strange. <laughs> well, uh, speaking of Coldplay, a high-profile one that comes to mind for me is the um, whole situation with Viva La Vida where they – I forget his name. There was an artist who did an instrumental track that sounded very similar, <laughs> and I, I don't know what – there was a lawsuit. I don't remember how it ended or if it ended, but uh, maybe maybe they settled out of court, but – because it would end then. What am I talking about? I mean, Point there's, is, there's like, that. Could, could we talk about something like that, or would we want to do like more obscure things? Because that was pretty anything, high profile. Anything. I think all of it's okay. interesting. I mean, we could talk about who are those guys that got panned by Pitchfork and they rip off Led Zeppelin. Uh, Greta Van Fleet. Right, Greta Van Fleet. That could be a fun. Although, I mean, Man, I feel like, like they got so shit on all over the place that I would think it almost would be in poor taste to talk about them. We would need to be like really even handed. And yeah, which I'm not sure would it. work for the show because I feel like part of it is evaluating it, you know? Yeah, because like, I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't. It's hard to be I, objective when you're trying to decide if it, I mean, it's so obviously <laughs> a ripoff and it's so, at some point you have to be like, was this ripoff worth it, you know? Yeah, I think that's what we got to talk about because like to me, because I, I I remember we talked about it. We we both listened to the, uh, I think it was, it's their one full length album. We yeah, like, and it just got universally just panned. Yeah, like, I mean, I listening to it, I was like, yeah, this is quite clearly a ripoff of Led Zeppelin. But I was also thinking about, like, man, that Pitchfork review was so vitriolic yeah. towards these these kids. Right. I think like, Pitchfork, I, like, was more lashing out on the label that heard them and was like, this is what we're going to do with them. Because I think, like, there is cynicism in how it was marketed and, like, you know, taking these kids that... I think really genuinely love that music and we're just trying to pay homage to it. Yeah. Or pay homage. I don't know which is correct. And uh, they don't, you know, I don't think they were, I think they were very like 
wistful in it whereas there was like probably a cynical element to getting how it was marketed and released yeah and that's kind of not their fault so it's kind of sad to see them bear the brunt of it yeah i mean i I doubt they're like you know like oh man we're gonna make so much money by making led zeppelin sound alikes exactly i mean i'm sure it's like they just really like led zeppelin like we want to sound like led zeppelin yeah and we're gonna be a band and we're gonna have fun i mean the i feel like a lot of people who like that music are kind of like it sucks that like John Bonham died and it ended. I wish it continued. Let's continue it, you know? But I think sure, also sure. Uh, there's something to be said about like 60s pop groups that were just ripping off like every, like the latest single. <laughs> it was like a constant, like, man. Yeah, I was going to say like, the fluidity of ripping off in like the 60s. Pop me- well, especially like, man, because that's that almost gets into a whole different territory because especially in the even in the 50s too like with the direction pop music was going there was also a big like um there's a big racial element to it too yeah. where you had a lot of white artists like ripping off black artists i mean there's an argument to be had that the beatles were the greatest ripoff artists in history you could certainly elvis you could certainly say that right now, definitely in a way it's not to say elvis was bad but like i mean he, the he thing took, is, his whole act was taken from black artists that came yeah, before him I mean, I think there's also also something to be said about like how how much they add something new. Like you could rip yeah. something off really terrible. I mean, like mashups are a literal ripoff. But like I would argue, somebody like Neil Ciarega adds a ton to it. You know, like you're literally taking somebody else's music and reworking it. And I mean, maybe that's such a loose interpretation of what a mashup is, but yeah, there is so I, totally I feel like it relates in a way. Well, th- then this is almost a different like the reuse of music, yeah, and because then you could talk about sampling and whatnot. Oh, I think yeah. there's a lot of potential in this idea, but I'm I'm, I'm like, man, what do we what, what do we focus on? Yeah, ripoff has such a negative and specific connotation. Yeah. It should be it's something like, oh, more. You stole this. It should be something more of more open minded to it yeah, and more, you know. If the show is called Rip Off and we do it like a Greta Van Fleet episode, then we're kind of there's kind of a negative judgment right right off the bat. And that's not exactly what we're looking to do. Yeah, I don't think we want to talk. We maybe need to change the title to something a bit more like like uh, something that something that sounds a bit a, a little bit less immediately like negative. Yeah, about just about the proliferation and like kind of the parallels. based on. I mean, I don't know something like that based based on a mm, I don't know. We'll figure that I don't know. one out. Yeah, I'm, I'm struggling with this one, but. That said, this has been we're we're running over time, so yeah, we've gone for too long. If you uh, liked this, you should subscribe to the show or follow yeah. it, yeah. whatever the word is on the on the thing you use on the app you use. Yeah, Spotify. We're on Anchor. We're oh on, yeah, we're on a uh, lot of stuff. Apple Podcasts. We're on Google Podcasts. Yeah, we're, we're, we're all over everything but Stitcher. I think for some reason. So if you're if you're work at Stitcher and you are like what you're not on go you fix it yeah. I don't know yeah. what, what please, happened please explain this to us Stitcher uh, you could also call into our hotline one two zero one Lou Pills those are number two zero one five hundred seven eight four five I think okay yeah <laughs> that doesn't make sense seven eight four five doesn't make sense because. Z would not be the number next to L. How did we figure that? I to this day I don't remember because we thought it was love pills. At yeah, first. I thought I thought it was. It well, no, pills. it was assigned to us, and then we were trying to yeah. <laughs> uh, find oh, a word. F- follow it's us on seven Twitter, four too. five nine. It's one two zero one five hundred seven four five nine. Yeah, Lou So pills. if you love the show and you love the pills, call in. Yeah, or if you lose the pills, but that too. So, uh, thank you. Or or love the pills. Okay, we're ending it. <laughs>
Wait, no, no, we got to plug Twitter. Follow us oh, on Twitter. Pl- yes, Twitter. Yeah. Uh, follow us on C- Twitter at CNJ Need a Podcast. That's spelled yeah. out. So it's C-N as in Niagara, J, Need a Podcast. <laughs> J as in Jordan. Yeah. Chris, C as in Chris, N as in Niagara, J as in Jordan, Need a Podcast. Yeah. On Twitter. We are on Instagram. If you find us, let us know what the handle is. <laughs> we forget. <laughs> and uh, thanks for listening. Oh, oh, oh! By the way, if your name is uh, Niagara, we will have you as a as a guest yeah, on this episode. Yeah, you're, you're destined to be our third guest. Yeah, yeah. Well, third host, co-host. Oh, yeah, co-host, co-host. Yeah. Okay. Man, we were so close to ending an episode. We were. Wow. I know, but what a disaster. <laughs> okay. Goodbye. I mean, bye. All music for this podcast was provided by Kevin McLeod of Incompetech.com. He is also the brother of Fox McLeod.